0: would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show, the last jazz show for the month of April. Today is, interestingly enough, today is International Jazz Day. Maybe you didn't know that, but you know it now, and the 30th of April. At least they didn't designate International Jazz Day on the 30th of February. So, uh, we can be mildly grateful for that. Anyway, this is the Jazz Show, a regular feature of CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and we have some of the very best in jazz music to present to you this evening. And as usual, our jazz feature kicks the show off, we have a lot to play for you later on in the show, but our jazz feature, of course, is a very important and essential part of the jazz show, and tonight is the last of the jazz features that spotlight music, new music, that was being made in the early 70s. And this album tonight is one of those latter-day classics, and it's a little different from the ones that we've heard uh, all month because uh, this is an all-acoustic band. Uh, we were featuring um, most of our jazz features this month, featured um, electronic instruments, electric pianos, electric basses, etc., uh, synthesizers all that kind of stuff this is uh, strictly acoustic and the music is a little more edgy a little more on the border of uh what some call avant-garde music i guess you have to realize the the date and when this was recorded november 30th 1972 A lot of things had happened in jazz. There were uh, all the changes that we have been spotlighting this month. And of course the death in 1967, the premature death of John Coltrane, uh, left such a huge gap um, in jazz music because despite his um, music in the last two years of his life, which um, was music Quite frankly, um, not for everyone. Uh, we looked to Coltrane as a seer and and as someone who w- would um, would change jazz, and of course he did throughout his uh, uh, amazing career, even though he only lived to age forty. So and and of course other innovators were around people like Ornette Coleman. Um, and uh, the Art Ensemble of Chicago, uh, all, all these people were contributing to uh, jazz music. And all of, this, uh, all of these different advances were kind of brought to bear on this particular recording. Bassist Dave Holland is the leader of this date. And of course, um, I'm very happy to say he is uh, still alive, well and productive and uh, recording quite frequently. He is really one of the most incredible bassists and most creative bassists in in jazz music today. And as a leader um, and composer. But this album was something very, very special. And it's called Conference of the Birds, and it came out on ECM Records, and it's a very special band. Now, Dave Holland is the leader, and he's playing acoustic bass, and the incredible Anthony Braxton, of course, um, is playing uh, alto saxophone, soprano saxophone, tenor saxophone, bass saxophone, flute, clarinet. A whole bunch of instruments on here. His main instrument, of course, is alto saxophone. And the drummer is um, a gentleman by the name of Barry Altshul. Now, they were all working. Holland, Braxton, and Altshul were all working with a band called Circle, which was led by pianist Chick Corea. That band did not last long, unfortunately, um, they only made one concert recording that was issued on ECM, uh, was recorded in Paris, and uh, Chick Corea chose to uh, leave the band because he wanted to form Return to Forever, which which he did. So um, that circle uh, broke up. Well, the chemistry between Holland, Braxton, and Altschul was so great that Dave Holland felt um, that... He wanted to keep it going. And so they added another great innovator from Boston, Sam Rivers. And Sam Rivers, of course, plays tenor and soprano saxophone and bass clarinet on this album. So we have two formidable horn players that double on all sorts of instruments, uh, Dave Holland on bass and Barry Altschul on drums. And the chemistry in this record um, was something very, very special. And I was talking with my friend, uh, uh, New to Dune, um, who does a show on co-op radio every Friday afternoon, and uh, recently, and we were talking about that, uh, this, this recording. And I mentioned to him that the recording is so together and coherent, it sounds like a working band, or at least a band that had been played together a lot. And uh, I said, do you know anything about their, their history? Or was this just one of those fortunate things where this band melded together uh, in the recording studio? And he knew, uh, said that he has some uh, um, uh, YouTube recordings of this band uh, playing some concerts uh, over in Europe, So they did work together for a while, but uh, their chemistry in the studio was something very special. And this record is very special. All the compositions, there's six of them, all written by Dave Holland. And obviously extremely well thought out and wonderfully played by these incredible musicians. So that's the jazz feature album we're going to hear, Conference of the Birds, which was originally issued, as I mentioned before, on ECM Records. So once again, Dave Holland on bass, um, acoustic bass, and the leader, Anthony Braxton on all of his horns, alto, soprano, tenor, saxof- bass saxophones, flute, uh, clarinet, Sam Rivers on tenor, soprano, and bass clarinet, Barry Altschul on drums, and the tunes. Uh, the first one is just a great way to start this album and I think my favorite track, really, and it's called Four Winds, and that opens the album. The second piece of music is called Q and A, and the third tune is uh, entitled Conference of the Birds, which is the title track. Holland, um, it features the uh, uh, two of the uh, reed players playing flute because um, Holland wrote this um he used to get up early in the morning in New York, uh, and he lived near a park, and he would hear the birds. And, and so this uh, inspired him to write this tune called Conference of the Birds. And um, we don't hear Barry Altshul here on drums, but we hear him on marimba on this track, and it's, a, it's kind of a mood piece. That's track number three, Conference of the Birds. Track number four is called Interception, Track number five is Now Here, or Nowhere, or where? yeah, anyway, that's what it's called, and the last composition is called Seesaw, all written by Dave Holland. So here, then, is our jazz feature album, Conference of the Birds, and we begin with Four Winds.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Come mm-hmm.
0: And that's our jazz feature this evening. A challenging album in many ways, but uh, a really iconic recording and uh, a milestone for bassist Dave Holland. This album was called Conference of the Birds, and it was recorded in New York City, November 30th, 1972. And it uh, brought together two incredible multi-instrumentalists, Um, Anthony Braxton playing alto, soprano, tenor, bass saxophone, flute, and clarinet. Sam Rivers playing tenor saxophone, soprano saxophone, and bass clarinet, and flute as well. And Dave Holland, of course, on acoustic bass, and Barry Altschul on drums, and uh, on one tune, um, marimba. The album... Conference of the Birds, and all the compositions, the six tunes, were written by Dave Holland. And we began with a um, great track to open the album called Four Winds. The second tune was called Q and A, and the third tune, the title track, Conference of the Birds, uh, featured Barry Altschul the drummer, playing marimba. And, uh, of course, uh, f- featured the, um, the two horn players, Anthony Braxton and Sam Rivers, playing flutes. And uh, that was written, Dave Holland had an apartment in, in New York, and he was, he was close to Central Park. And he used to uh, get up early in the morning and, and do exercises and stuff in, in Central Park. And, of course, he heard all the birds chirping. And uh, that's what inspired him to write the tune conference of the birds. Tune number four was entitled Interception. Tune number five was entitled Now Here. And the final tune featuring this uh, incredible alto saxophone solo by Anthony Braxton. The last tune was called Seesaw. And that featured the um, Anthony, of course, on alto saxophone and Sam Rivers on tenor saxophone on uh, on that final tune. So that was our jazz feature album. And wrapping up Um, a whole series of recordings that we did this month based on um, new music that was recorded and reflecting the changes in jazz music in the early 1970s. And we heard music by um, Herbie Hancock. We heard music by Miles Davis. We heard music by um, Chick Corea. And we also heard... Uh, some great sounds by Weather Report, and this album. And it all reflected, all of those albums reflected some of the brand new changes that were happening uh, in the world of jazz. And so I hope you enjoyed this uh, album called Conference of the Birds. That was our jazz feature this evening. And we shall be back with, uh, of course, some more incredible music, a real change of pace in just a few moments i uh, just like to tell you that my name is Gavin Walker, and you're listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we have a couple of important announcements, and we shall return.
2: You're a member of CITR and Discorder, but are you a true friend? Get a Friends of CITR and Discorder card for $20 for discounts on Commercial Drive at Audio Pile, High Life Records, Mintage, People's Co-op Bookstore, Stormcrow Tavern, The Rio Theater, JQ Clothing Limited, and Bone Rattle Music Limited. Concerts presents the return of Flemish Eye Recording artist Preoccupations on Wednesday, May 9th at the Astoria. Preoccupations are touring in support of their latest album, New Material, which is available now. You can get tickets and more information at PreoccupationsBand.com.
0: We have some news on the weather for you. Um, It's kind of, well, we just came through summer. (laughs) But uh, no, there's more good weather on the way, but uh, it's not going to be like it was last week. But pretty nice anyway, and no rain in the forecast, so that's that's good. Mainly cloudy tonight. There's only a 30% chance of a shower uh, this evening uh, with a low of 9 Then um, cloudy early tomorrow morning, but then it's going to clear up uh, by around noon, and the temperature is going to go up to uh, from 14 to 19. So that's going to be pretty nice. The outlook for Wednesday is is pretty nice. Um, Sunny with a low of 9 and highs between 16 and 20. Then Thursday is a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 9 and a high of 18, And Friday is cloudy with a low of 11 and a high of 18. Then a mix of sun and cloud for Saturday with a low of 9 and a high of 20. And Sunday is sunny with a low of 9 and a high of 22. And uh, we can only hope that that weather is going to stay. That would be real nice.
2: You're listening to CITR 101.9 broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Honkameenem-speaking Musqueam people.
0: We're going to take you now to a club in Los Angeles on a hot August night of 1961. And the club is in Watts in L.A. And it was uh, functioned as a jazz club, briefly. And the club was called the Black Orchid. And a very special trio had a regular gig there. And I'm talking about one of the finest exponents of the Hammond organ Richard Groove Holmes now Groove Holmes was uh, kind of an exception most of the great uh, organ players uh, jazz organ players started out on piano and then of course discovered the the Hammond b3 uh, people like Jimmy Smith, um, Don Patterson and so many other and and uh, Jack Macduff, Uh, some of the real giants of the uh, Hammond organ all started out playing the piano first and then making the discovery. Groove Holmes was a little different. He learned how to play music on the Hammond B3. And uh, of course, I imagine he could handle a, a piano quite well, but he didn't start on piano. He started on the Hammond organ. And Richard Groove Holmes, for me, plays some of the finest uh, bass lines on the, on the organ. Um, he is so solid, and he's here with his trio, with Gene Edwards on guitar and Leroy Henderson on drums. They had a regular gig there. Now, the special guest for several nights uh, in August was the great tenor saxophonist Gene Ammons, and, of course, the place was packed out with people because Gene Ammons didn't uh, uh, appear very often on the West Coast. He was, he was based in Chicago, and normally he uh, performed around the New York area and, and, uh, and so on. And, of course, Gene is one of the great, all-time great tenor saxophonists in jazz music. And, of course, he's, um, he's part of our theme song as well. He plays that uh, first solo uh, um, on, uh, on our theme, which people have heard for years and years and years. Gene Ammons. Jug was his nickname. Uh, we're going to hear three tunes that were uh, recorded on the night of August 15, 1961 at the Black War. The first tune is a standard tune, and it's called Exactly Like You, and it was written by Dorothy Fields and Jimmy McHugh. The second tune Is written by Gene Ammons. It's dedicated to his nickname, and it's called Hittin' the Jug. And the third tune, again, uh, with a play on words with his nickname, the third tune and the set closer is a thing called Juggin' Around. So here then, the Richard Groove Holmes trio with Gene Edwards on guitar, Leroy Henderson on drums, Richard Groove Holmes on the Hammond organ, And guest star, Gene Ammons. Here we go. (laughs)
1: you <laughs> I'm
0: Yeah, we heard three tunes by the Richard Groove Holmes trio with guest star Gene Ammons. And, of course, Gene Ammons, Jug, on tenor saxophone, Richard Groove Holmes on Hammond organ, Gene Edwards on guitar, and Leroy Henderson on drums. And all of that was recorded in uh, the Ghetto Club down in Watts in Los Angeles, club called The Black Orchid, and that was recorded on the night of August fifteenth, 1961, and uh, a visit for uh, several days by the great tenor saxophonist, Mr. Gene Ammons. We heard three tunes. The first one was a standard tune, a nice relaxed version of that one called Exactly Like You. The second tune was uh, one of Gene's real specialties. And it was a blues called Hittin' the Jug. And the final tune, the fast up-tempo number, was entitled Juggin' Around. And obviously that was a set closer. So there you go, three tunes from this uh, wonderful album called Groovin' with Jug. Richard Holmes and Gene Ammons. All right, you are listening to CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. I'm going to change the pace once again, and bring you a couple of tracks from a wonderful album recorded by some resident musicians, and one of my favorite piano players and people, Sharon Minamoto. Sharon is a wonderful player and a pianist, composer, and for many years, she was the partner. She was married to Ross Taggart, and one of the great musicians that, uh, well, he was born in Victoria, but uh, nurtured his talent here in Vancouver and became one of the best-loved people in the music community. And uh, we lost Ross a couple of years ago. The album is dedicated to the memory of Ross Taggart, and her time with Ross, and these compositions were all inspired by their years uh, together as, as a couple, and uh, it's wonderful that uh, Sharon has uh, done this album as a tribute to uh, Ross Taggart with her group. Uh, the album is called Safe Travels, and um, that was always a uh, uh, A favorite of of Ross, when he was going on the road or whatever, he'd tell people, safe travels. And, of course, uh, now that he's uh, passed away, I'm sure that he made a safe travel to wherever destination he is now. We're going to hear two tunes uh, composed by Sharon and featuring John Bentley on uh, saxophones, Adam Thomas on bass, and Bernie Rye on drums. And the uh, first tune is entitled Today of All Days. And that's kind of interesting <laughs> because um, when uh, Ross and uh, Sharon writes in the notes, she she said, and I'll quote the notes here. They're, they're, they're rather cute. Uh, Sometimes when Ross and I were cutting it close for monthly bills, I'd bust them for smuggling a shopping bag full of new CDs into the house. He would um, potentially delay the lecture if he made me laugh. So he'd cover his eyes and dramatically say, oh no, oh no, today of all days. (laughs) Anyway, that tune is uh, dedicated to that uh, memory. And uh, the second tune is called The Secret. So here then, From Sharon Minamoto's wonderful album entitled Safe Travels in Memory of Ross Taggart, here is Today of All Days, followed by The Secret. We heard two tunes from Sharon Minamoto's fine album dedicated to her former partner, the late, great Ross Taggart. And this album is entitled Safe Travels, and it featured uh, Sharon with her quartet. Uh, She's heard on piano. Those were her two compositions. We heard John Bentley on tenor, First, and on soprano saxophone on the second tune, Adam Thomas on bass and Bernie Arai on drums. And the two tunes that we heard, uh, the first one was the very bluesy Today of All Days, and the second tune was entitled The Secret, both compositions by Sharon Minamoto. This uh, very fine album is uh, available on Pagetown uh, Records, And uh, you can uh, check it out at uh, www.sharonminamoto.com. Safe travels. You know, um, there used to be a show on KPLU um, that I I used to listen to uh, him because he was such a great historian And um, he'd play some very, very interesting uh, albums. And uh, I'm talking about Ken Wiley. And it was um, a particularly interesting uh, show on uh, KPLU with Ken uh, because he he certainly had a great deal of uh, historical knowledge uh, about the music. But he used to do a thing called Chasing the Tune. And what he would do would be... Uh, play several versions of uh, different musicians playing the same tune and you'd hear how very open um, you know many of these songs would be uh, and how they would be interpreted by, by different musicians so it was always kind of interesting. So we're going to do, do a little bit of chasing the tune right now One of the most intriguing melodies um, is a tune called The Song Is You, and uh, it's just a gorgeous tune. It's not particularly easy to play, and it's also um, challenging in terms of uh, chord structure and all that kind of stuff, and it was written by uh, um, Oscar Hammerstein and uh, Jerome Kern, and Uh, The the song is called The Song Is You. So we're going to hear three versions of that tune by three of the most individual and amazing alto saxophonists that jazz music ever produced. And we begin with Charlie Parker, who, of course, was the premier voice of the modern-day alto saxophone. Charlie Parker, and of course, such a musical revolutionary. So we're going to hear his version to start out with. Um, Charlie Parker playing with uh, Hank Jones on piano, uh, Teddy Kotick on bass, and Max Roach on drums. And we're going to hear his version of The Song Is You. And then we're going to go to uh, a young man who actually was a disciple of Charlie Parker. But, of course, he quickly established his own way of playing. And I'm talking about Julian Cannonball Adderley. And we're going to hear a really nice version of The Song Is You by uh, by Cannonball uh, with a nice arrangement by Quincy Jones and played by um, Cannonball accompanied by a small uh, band that included um, uh, Paul Chambers on bass and max roach on drums and john williams on piano and we're going to hear and some other horns and so on and uh we're going to hear cannonball do his version of the song is you and the final version will be by the great paul desmond playing with the dave brubeck quartet of course And this one is really uh, Paul's feature, and um, it is his version of The Song Is You, and I think it's one of my favorite interpretations of that tune. So here then, Jason tune, we begin with Charlie Parker, and the song is You. Three versions of a tune, written by Oscar Hammerstein and Jerome Kern, entitled "The Song Is You," and we heard first Charlie Parker, along with Hank Jones on piano, Teddy Kotick, um, yeah, Teddy Kottick on bass, and Max Roach on drums. We heard uh, Bird's version of that tune. The second version we heard was by the great Cannonball Adderley, a wonderful arrangement by Quincy Jones for a small band. And we heard um, Cannonball accompanied by a whole bunch of horns, including uh, John Williams on piano, Johnny Williams on piano, um, Paul Chambers on bass, and Max Roach on drums. And the song is you. And the third version was one of Paul Desmond's finest recorded solos, from a concert at the University of Ann Arbor in Michigan, or the University of Michigan at Ann Arbor, that's right, and um, Paul Desmond, of course, playing with the Dave Brubeck Quartet, and Paul on alto saxophone, Brubeck on piano, Bob Bates on bass, and Joe Dodge on drums, and we heard the song is you. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, trio of tunes and uh, all different interpretations of the same song. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on the web www.citr.ca. And we'll be back right after these important messages.
2: The annual Sled Island Music and Arts Festival returns to Calgary from June 20th to 24th, 2018. Discover over 250 bands, comedy acts, film, and art in more than 35 venues across the city. This year's festival features guest curator Deerhoof, innovative indie rock act Dirty Projectors, electronic innovators Mount Kimby, versatile folk-pop duo Way Oak, futuristic hip-hop titans Shabazz Palaces, outsider pop tour John Mouse, and many more yet to be announced. Visit SledIsland.com for details, travel deals, and to get your festival pass. Born out of an initiative to give more voice to local women artists and musicians, Pinch Tapes is a Vancouver-based bi-annual mixtape featuring women-identified musicians and sound artists from the Pacific Northwest. The spring 2018 edition will be coming out on May 10th, with all proceeds going to the downtown Eastside Women's Shelter. Women-identified artists are invited to send their submissions to btchtapes at gmail.com. The release fundraiser will be held on May 10th at the Redgate Review Stage, featuring artists selected for this edition of The Cassette.
0: Charles Irland, known as the Mighty Burner, is one of the finest exponents of the Hammond organ, and another one of those great musicians that plays these incredible bass lines. And uh, we're going to hear him with a group of uh, musicians doing a couple of tunes from his wonderful album. That we actually we featured this album um, on our jazz feature segment um a while back the whole album and it's uh, a good one the album is called intensity and it came out on uh, prestige records and we're going to hear a couple of tunes from uh, that album um the first tune is written by robert lamb and of course uh he was a big part of the uh, uh, cta band and we're going to hear uh, a jazz version of uh, one of Robert Lamb's compositions. The soloists on on uh, that tune, Hubert Laws on flute, Lee Morgan on trumpet. This was Lee Morgan's last recording session before he met his untimely death. And this was the last time he was in the recording studio. Um, but... This features Charles Irland, of course, and on Hammond organ. And he, uh, he just keeps everything just popping along. It's uh, unbelievable. Um, there's a whole bunch of trumpets on here. Uh, there is a, a brass section, and uh, they do the fill-ins. And, of course, the uh, as I mentioned, the soloist Hubert Laws on flute, Lee Morgan on trumpet, and, of course, uh, the leader, Charles Irland, on Hammond organ. The rhythm section includes um, John Furry on fuzz guitar, Greg Miller on guitar, Billy Cobham on drums, and Sonny Morgan on conga drums. And the first tune is one that you will probably know quite well. It's called Happy, Because I'm Going Home. The second tune is Charles Irland's dedication to trumpeter Lee Morgan, and it's called simply Morgan. And uh, we're going to hear those two tunes from this uh, wonderful album, Intensity. So here then is the Mighty Burner, Charles Erland. Charles Irland, The Mighty Burner, from his uh, album called Intensity, which was uh, issued on originally on Prestige Records. This was the last recording session, actually a couple of days before um, Lee Morgan, the great trumpeter, met his uh, untimely death at the hands of his uh, estranged partner. Oh, that was a Horrible story, and, of course, that was all. Uh, there was a recent movie at, the, um, at last year's uh, film festival called Morgan, and um, it did have a regular showing as well. And it was, it was uh, one of the better um, documentaries on um, the ill-fated genius of the trumpet. Anyway, this was Lee's last recording session done February nineteenth, 1972. At the Van Gelder Recording Studio, the first tune we heard, Charles Irland uh, on Hammond organ, of course, um, with Lee Morgan on trumpet, Hubert Laws on flute, uh, were the soloists, and a big brass section, uh, as well as um, some great folks in the rhythm section: Sonny Johnson on conga drums, and or Sonny Morgan on uh, on conga drums, and Billy Cobham on drums and a couple of guitar players uh, as well. And we heard a tune called, uh, written by Robert Lamb of uh, CTA uh, fame, and it was called Happy Because I'm Going Home. And then the second tune was Charles Irland's composition dedicated to Lee Morgan and called simply Morgan. And it featured Lee uh, on trumpet and Billy Harper on that very intense tenor saxophone solo, and Hubert Laws on piccolo. And, of course, the, uh, the same um, rhythm section as well, Billy Cobham on drums and Sonny Morgan on Congos. And we heard uh, the tune, Morgan. So first, Happy Cause I'm Going Home, and the second tune, Morgan, from Charles Irland's great album on Prestige called Intensity. One of the documents that's um, just been issued on Columbia Records is the Volume 6 of their bootleg series of these legendary performances by Miles Davis. And the last tour that John Coltrane agreed to make, um, he had put forth the fact that he was wanted to leave uh, Miles Davis's quintet and uh, embark on his own career. And Miles begged him to do this one last European tour, and Coltrane agreed. Um, reluctantly, but he did. And so many of these performances are... Um, recorded on this uh, bootleg series uh, issued by Columbia Records. And, of course, many of the performances have been available for, uh, for several years on other labels, European labels and so on. We're going to hear one um, recorded on that tour uh, in the Netherlands and uh, recorded at the Kurhaus in uh, Schwendnigen, wherever that is, in, the, in, in Holland, in the Netherlands. Anyway, April 9th, 1960, Miles Davis uh, in superb form on trumpet, John Coltrane, of course, on tenor saxophone, and this wonderful rhythm section, Wynton Kelly on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Jimmy Cobb on drums. And here is So What?, Recorded April 9th, 1960, and that was the last official tour that John Coltrane did with the Miles Davis Quintet. And uh, Train was ready to leave, and Miles talked him into doing this uh, European tour. And of course, we heard Miles Davis on trumpet, and uh, a lengthy uh, exploratory solo by John Coltrane, of course, on tenor saxophone, and this wonderful rhythm section that just uh, uh, kept everybody afloat. Wynton Kelly at the piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Jimmy Cobb on drums. And, of course, uh, Jimmy Cobb is the only surviving member of that uh, legendary quintet. April 9th. 1960, and of course, Miles Davis's wonderful tune, So What. And of course, there's more from that uh, session. It's just been released on the volume six of the uh, Columbia Records or Sony Records uh, bootleg edition, and a whole bunch of concerts. Uh, this one, uh, the one recorded in Paris and one recorded in uh, Stockholm as well on this uh, deluxe uh, Columbia set, which is, uh, of course, available. You can get it on Amazon or wherever. Speaking of the rhythm section, I'm going to play you three tunes by Wynton Kelly and his trio, the same trio we heard uh, backing up um, Miles Davis and, uh, and John Coltrane. Winton Kelly, of course, made a number of wonderful albums on his own. He was a true genius of the piano. He was taken for granted um, while he was alive, sad to say, because he was just so good and and, and consistent. And his music was um, expressed a, a joy and and a happiness. Um, you know, it wasn't dark at all, or or uh, edgy and and weird or anything like that. Wynton Kelly, um, I guess, reflected his West Indian heritage. He was born in in Jamaica and raised in Brooklyn. And um, just this wonderful bounce that he had to his playing. And, of course, his uh, piano facility was uh, unbelievable. Uh, He's basically a self-taught musician. He didn't have any... uh, uh, great, uh, classical teachers or anything. He just took to the piano, uh, quite naturally and developed, uh, an incredible, uh, facility and sound on that instrument. And of course, um, most of the piano players that followed, uh, with Miles Davis, uh, he, he would always tell them, you know, go back and listen to Wynton Kelly, you know, listen to what Wynton does. <laughs> and of course, uh, there you go. So we're going to hear some Wynton Kelly with the trio, uh, Paul Chambers on bass, of course, and Jimmy Cobb on drums. And uh, the first tune is a Wynton Kelly composition called Joe's Avenue. And um, it has a different title and, and even a different composer. Um, is a little bit of a story connected with it. Uh, actually, the tune was written by Joe Zavanol. Who was playing with Cannonball Adderley, and the tune was called Scotch and Soda. And I think what happened was that this record producer uh, asked Winton Kelly what the name of the tune was, and he said Joe's Avenue, and it turned uh, and it ended up on the album cover as Joe's Avenue, and credited to Wynton Kelly. So maybe a small mystery solved and some jazz minutiae here. Um second tune of course is a standard tune called Surrey with a fringe on top and tune number 3 is one that he often played with Miles Davis Autumn Leaves so here then three tunes by the great Winton Kelly mm Winton Kelly on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Jimmy Cobb on drums. And we heard uh, from a VJ album recorded in, uh, in 1961, the late, great Winton Kelly. And uh, we heard three tunes. The first tune was uh, Joe Zavineau's composition called Scotch and Water. I said Scotch and Soda, but it's actually Scotch and Water is the title, correct title of the tune. And the second tune was um, Surrey with the fringe on top. And the third tune, of course, was the ever-popular Autumn Leaves. Winton Kelly, one of the great piano players ever. And I thought you'd enjoy that uh, trio segment of three tunes. A trio segment of a trio of tunes. All right. There's a gentleman by the name of A.K. Salim. He was born in Chicago. His birth name was Albert Atkinson, but he uh, became a follower of the uh, Islam and uh, changed his name to uh, Ahmad Katim Salim, A.K. Salim. And he is uh, basically a composer, arranger, and conductor. And uh, he did a series of recordings for Savoy Records back in the 50s that featured some pretty all-star musicians uh, playing um, A.K. Salim's uh, simple arrangements and simple compositions, but um, so enjoyable to play for musicians. So um, he wasn't a profound writer, but he was... Uh, one that musicians enjoyed uh, working with and and, and playing his, his compositions. We're going to hear um, Joe Wilder on trumpet, Frank Rehack on trombone, and two wonderful flute players, Frank West and Herbie Mann. Hank Jones on piano, Wendell Marshall on bass, and Bobby Donaldson on drums. And uh, a little later on, you're going to hear both Frank Wess and Herbie Mann play the tenor saxophones. So we're going to hear a few tunes from uh, this particular album. The first uh, tune is called Duo Flautists, Yes. Okay, and written by A.K. Selim, And obviously that's going to feature Frank Wess and Herbie Mann on flutes or flots, whatever. And then um, we're going to hear one called the... Uh, Milltown Blues, and then tune number three is called Ballin' Blues. So, three tunes composed and arranged by A.K. Salim and this all star band. <laughs> We heard three tunes from a, a wonderful album that originally came out on Savoy Records by A.K. Salim, the arranger-composer, and that was called The Flute Suite is the name of the album, and we heard three individual tunes from there. The people involved here, Joe Wilder on trumpet, Frank Rehack on trombone, and the flutes were played by Frank Wess and Herbie Mann and Hank Jones on piano, Wendell Marshall on bass, and Bobby Donaldson on drums. So the first tune was entitled uh, Duo Flautists, and the second tune was entitled Milltown Blues, and the third tune where the two uh, flute players switched to tenor saxophones, that was called Ballin' Blues. All of those compositions and arrangements were by A.K. Salim. All right, and that just about does it for another edition of The Jazz Show. If you've uh, been around for the last few hours, hope you enjoyed the music. If you have been around for the whole show, great. And uh, hopefully um, we'd like to see you again. We start every Monday at uh, 9 p.m. and carry on until well after 12 midnight. So we'll be back next week with another edition of The Jazz Show with a whole new slate of jazz features. Actually, it's a very simple jazz feature next month. Quintets, one of the... Basic jazz groups uh, for years and years and years have always been a quintet with a trumpet, an alto or tenor saxophone, piano, bass, and drums. And that's what we'll be doing next month on the jazz features. We'll be featuring the quintessential quintet in jazz. A simple premise, and uh, you'll hear a whole variety of uh, different sounds from that uh, very familiar combination of instruments. So thank you very much for being out there this evening. On behalf of myself, Gavin Walker, the Jazz Show, and radio station CITR, FM 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we'll see you in seven days' time. Take care. Bye-bye for now.